Welcome to Dash Talk, a podcast by Relationt, where we explore new ways to simplify healthcare access. We examine new and emerging trends in healthcare to help address challenges with the patient experience and identify new strategies and solutions to drive better access to care. Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast brought to you by Relationt. Today, I'm excited to be introducing Dash Talk, a podcast devoted to exploring new ways of simplifying healthcare access. We are joined today by Eric Crefley, Vice President of Product Management at Relationt. And in this episode, we are going to be exploring health maintenance campaigns and how they can support a patient's health journey in a variety of ways. So Eric, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. So, you know, before we get started here in a moment, Eric, could you please give us just a little introduction to who you are and what it is you do? Sure. Uh, like, thank you again, Gabby. My name is Eric Crefley. I have been in healthcare um, and related topics. So, oh, goodness, a couple of decades now. Boy, I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my job at Relationt is a vice president of product management. I focus primarily on our engagement uh, capabilities. Those engagement capabilities are the conduit or the communication platform between the providers, the healthcare providers, and their patients, whether they're existing patients or new patients or they're trying to acquire patients. So I've been in this space for quite a while, uh, certified in patient access and revenue cycle management and just a whole bunch of others, but uh, love what I do, love what the company represents and how we can promote wellness through this platform for patients on behalf of their providers. Absolutely. And we love that you love what you do. That's what makes for some of the best work there. So thank you so much for that introduction, Eric. Let's go ahead and dive in today's episode's topic of health campaigns. So, you know, one of the things you're focusing on is helping providers send health maintenance campaigns. So for those who are not familiar with what makes up a health maintenance campaign or what it is, can you just describe what they are and why they are important? Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to use a, a marketing term and it's called a drip campaign. So if you have interacted with any service provider, sometimes you'll get messages from them or you'll get email or, or maybe a postcard or something from them where they're staying in touch with you. Uh, I know that I get that, for example, from the company that changes the oil on my car. So these are constant communications or persistent communications that support a level that level of engagement with the patient. The goal of health maintenance campaigns is really to promote wellness through encouraging the patient to use their health benefits, to schedule appointments with the providers and the services that support their journey and get in front of or on top of possible health situations so they can live their best life Typically, a healthcare provider has several reasons why they want to stay engaged with the patient outside of a regularly scheduled encounter. When I say encounter, it's an appointment. It's when, you know, when you're going to see a doctor or a lab or some other healthcare service type provider. So there's a couple of reasons top of mind, such as you're managing a chronic health condition, um, you have comorbidities that might exacerbate the, the or increase the severity of the health situations like possibly being overweight or uh, potentially uh, diabetes or or other health concerns, co comorbidities. 
um, is, a, is a clinical term, but hopefully our, our, our readers and our viewers will understand what that term means. There's also, you know, patient has certain lifestyles that may affect their health. Maybe they're a smoker. Maybe they don't exercise as often as they should. And this is an important one. Sometimes patients are isolated from family and other sources of personal care. So these health maintenance campaigns should be an outreach to the patient who is handling or dealing with some of these situations. And it provides that constant communication with them about that. They're to demonstrate that the patient is in an overall community of concern and the healthcare provider wants to demonstrate that. Absolutely. And, you know, we want everyone to live their best life, as you were saying, and engaging patients through these health campaigns. You know, it allows these healthcare providers to provide information about their health mm -hmm. risks and needs and care options that patients are able to access. So, and this is just a small part of what goes into a campaign because health campaigns can support a patient's health journey in just a variety of ways. So mm -hmm. I'd like to ask you, in what way can health campaigns help address payer, provider, and patient needs specifically? Good, great question. Um, get asked this one a lot, and so I'm, I'm happy that you that you asked this. So payers, you know, insurance companies, they um, the name of the game there is evaluating their risk. Okay, so risk can be determined in many ways, but their subscriber population. So, for example, you know, uh, my healthcare insurance is Aetna. Okay, so and, and it's been Blue Cross, it's been, you know, many, many other providers over, over the course of my lifetime. But basically, I would be like yourself would be in what they call their subscriber population. So that can affect the risk and the cost of healthcare and also the services that they cover. So if a patient is able to achieve that level of wellness through preventative care, through effective treatment plan and adherence to those plans and getting, like I said before, in front of or on top of their health care, those costs actually go down and the service and the services they provided will actually go up because you're mitigating risk by achieving a level of wellness. You know, payers actively promote wellness plans like weight loss and smoking secession and gym memberships to support a patient's health journey. So consistent education, awareness of healthy lifestyles, promoting that sense of community, it's a win-win-win for, for the payers, right? Payer wins because their patient population gets healthier, their risk goes down, okay? Now, from a provider perspective, you know, providers by their by their vocation are sworn to do no harm right so keeping in contact with the patient outside of that medical situation also promotes that friendly environment so that if a patient does need assistance they're more likely to contact the, the provider who stayed in touch with them get back into the healthcare system schedule an appointment show up for the appointment and follow through with their journey to wellness because they're getting these health maintenance campaigns with persistent information and persistent contact. You know, reminding patients that, uh, that they need to actively participate in their wellness in a nurturing way, again, promotes that community, it promotes activity, and it utilizes the resources at the provider level to, to so they're living their best life you know, as well. You know, the last part, especially around providers, is some insurance like Medicare and Medicaid also require proof that the provider is maintaining contact with specific patient populations so that their health concerns are best addressed. So readmission for the same issue, so you get treated and you 
try to adhere to the wellness plan, the treatment plan, but you keep getting readmitted, you still have to go back to maybe that same provider or different providers. The reimbursement can be reduced because they're, there's, they're, they need to provide that proof that they're staying in touch with the patient and they're providing a treatment plan that the patient can and will adhere to. So getting in front of these situations, uh, promoting that sense of community and that sense of uh, education should help uh, with that situation. Um, you know, we can talk about value-based care either now or, or, or later, but that's one of the hallmarks of value-based care is that the provider is staying in a persistent education and a persistent information uh, uh, situation with the patient. Um, so speaking of the patients, you know, patients want to be heard. They want to be known. They want to be understood. So, you know, they're the ones that are living that life. So the provider, when they reach out to them, they keep them informed and engaged. They're demonstrating true concern for the patient's well-being. Um, this is an interesting, I'm not going to quote the statistics specifically, but there is a direct correlation between the senior population and a feeling of loneliness and adverse health outcomes. So if you think about, it, especially for seniors and those of us who take care of seniors, uh, you know, that persistent education helps mitigate that situation uh, so that the caretakers, as well as those that are being taken care of, don't feel like, hey, I'm out here alone. My provider knows me, my, my provider knows what I'm going through. And they're supplying that information back to me on a consistent basis. Um, you know, one of the, uh, you know, health maintenance campaigns are not necessarily social media there, but there is a direct relation, a correlation rather between communication and a sense of belonging. One of the best examples I know of that of our current client base sends out a monthly newsletter that just has like healthy lifestyle and other information. So their patients feel connected, they feel cared for, and, and truthfully, they have one of the lowest no-show rates for scheduled appointments um, that we see. So I know that this works and staying in contact, you know, nobody wants to manage a healthcare concern or manage a chronic situation, but know that you're being looked after and cared for can make all the difference. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, earlier you were speaking of consistency with, and, you know, consistently targeted health campaigns are winning strategies for retaining patients and reducing gaps in care. So can you please take us through what kind of provider types or specialties are actively using health maintenance campaigns or which ones you think should be utilizing health campaigns today? So we see a pretty wide spectrum of providers that are using these patient engagement strategies. You know, some specific specialties that come to mind are like orthopedics and urology, uh, nephrology. But, you know, interestingly enough, a lot of our cosmetic type of providers who are handling things like, you know, that are necessarily, you know, surgical or invasive, right? But they're getting a lot of traction with new appointments being scheduled because they're using these types of campaigns. They're staying in constant touch with them. The one type of provider that I wish would use them more are just basic general practices. You know, we want to encourage them more to stay in touch with their patient census. So There's a, a group of patients that have come to them in the past. So why not stay in touch with them about healthy living or new services that they've added or a new provider that joined the practice? You know, these are all good reasons to stay in touch with your patients. Remember, patients are consumers. 
So they, they consume the healthcare services that a practice provides. So why not stay in touch with them and let them know, hey, you know, you came in for for this reason, you know, we do these other things as well. So the patient who is comfortable with that provider and comfortable with the information that's being shared with them is more likely to engage with that practice or that type of provider. The the one thing I want to add on this is happy patients pay their bills. So that's something <laughs> else to consider as well. So you're less likely to ghost a provider that you like and that's staying in touch with you. You're more likely to stay engaged, pay your bills, um, and, and travel on that journey to wellness. Absolutely. So, you know, speaking to that, why is it that you think that uh, or see that general practices are less likely to engage in health campaigns? And how do you think they can do more on that end? So I think the mentality is kind of like the one and done, right? Or I only see my GP, you know, once in a blue moon, moon, maybe, you know, especially, you know, I'm an older American, so I will go probably on a more frequent basis just to check in, make sure everything is, you know, uh, working well. Okay. So me being a stereotypical, you know, person, uh, male of my age, over 50, you know, I'm less likely to go to the doctor unless there is a, a situation, right? So I appreciate when, if my GP says, you know, hey, Eric, we haven't seen you in a while, or hey, Eric, you know, you've got some health services that you never used this year. Why don't you come in for a quick tune-up? Things like that. I wish that general practice practitioners would just stay more in contact with their patient population, even if it's just, you know, a quarterly newsletter or something like that. Top of mind means they're more likely to engage. Absolutely. And you can engage them in such a small way, like newsletters, as you were saying. It's just the smallest bit of work to engaging more patients to coming in. Well, you know, health campaigns can help in just so many ways, not just for the patient's health journey, but also for data organization, among so many other things. So I'd like to ask you, how do you see health campaigns and messaging supporting patients, especially since we want to increase demand for self-scheduling and have patients get better access and control of their care? So I, I, I alluded to this earlier, and I'm going to bring up the example again, because I really think it'll hit home with hopefully the folks that are listening to this. Um, I go to the same place to get the oil changed on my car every six months, you know, give or take. You, you know why? It's because they send me that reminder card. It, usually there's a freebie or some type of small discount, but I will go to the same place. They know me. They know my car. It's easy. Um, so I'm less likely to go look for anywhere else to do that basic service on my car. You know, patients are consumers, right? So if that works for getting my oil change, why isn't it working for these other preventative health services, possibly through my general practitioner? I use personally self-scheduling to get my hair cut, to get my teeth cleaned, um, you know, any of the other health services that I need to run, you know, my own life. So routine healthcare should be just as easily scheduled and consumed as if I'm ordering like a new online, a new vacuum cleaner or, or, or something, right? So if as a consumer, you know, Americans, we're a consumer economy, right? So why not make the ability to self-schedule, to stay in touch? Why not make it just as easy? Now, for me personally, you know, complex healthcare, let me, let me back up here. I wanted to go complex healthcare is really scary. 
Okay. When I say complex healthcare, it means that somebody's dealing with something that is more than just, you know, preventative. That happened to me about two years ago where I had, I would consider a fairly significant health situation without going to details. I'm sure nobody wants to hear all that. However, some of the appointments that I had to keep were prescribed for me. They were show up at this day, at this time, you know, it's, it was for different treatments that I had to have. However, there were other appointments. They said, schedule these around what was more convenient to me. So being in a significant healthcare situation, I actually derived comfort from knowing that, hey, at least parts of this, I do have some control over. Um, I can schedule these things, these follow-ups, these office visits, more around my schedule, because there are parts of it that I couldn't and I had to make time for. So I think that going back to these healthcare campaigns and how can we support patients, sure, some of it has to be prescribed, depending on the situation. Other parts, we need to feel like we have some control over. Um, you know, it's 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 our health, you know, and, and the more that we feel that we are a part of that journey, the more likely we are to stay engaged, to, to participate, to pick up our prescriptions, to take our medications, to follow up on the treatment plans, you know, and, and that whole entire journey. Um, again, you know, practices are businesses and they're relying on those patients to consume or purchase those healthcare services. You know, I, I did buy a vacuum cleaner recently, actually, and I read lots of reviews. I compared prices. I made my decision, you know, and now I have a cleaner house. So shouldn't scheduling my routine health services pretty much kind of follow that same path? And I think these health maintenance campaigns and self-scheduling and all this, it really does kind of help push that consumer mentality forward. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's an excellent way to put it. You know, I, I hadn't thought of it that way, that patients are consumers and in every other area of our lives, you know, self-scheduling is just a vital part to our consumer culture. So um, yeah. that's an excellent frame of mind to have in terms of that. But patients are just empowered to better understand how to maintain and improve their health, as you were saying, through yeah. health campaigns. And the information is delivered, you know, correctly in the right time frame, which, you know, reduces confusion about care or treatment plans. So it's overall a great help. So, you know, looking at patient engagement platforms that support health campaigns, what is important to look for when evaluating a solution? So I'm going to concentrate on three main pillars, okay? Ease of use, having some options, and cost, okay? So for, let me go back to ease of use. A practice, a, pr a provider, a group of providers should be able to you know, they've got people that work the front desks that, you know, that they're the administrators of the practice. So those administrators should easily be able to prepare communications. They should be able to schedule those communications going out so that it's convenient for them. Remember, health maintenance campaign at its very heart is, hey, we want to talk to you. Or, hey, you're dealing with a situation, so why don't you schedule an appointment? Or you've got services that you haven't used. Why not come in and get ahead or on top of these health situations that you're dealing with? So if your front desk is really busy in the morning, maybe you want these going out in the afternoon. Because typically, you'll get phone calls. You'll get new scheduling requests uh, for appointments coming in. So have that ease of use. Uh, where you want to make sure that the practice can communicate out effectively, that the content, the timing of it, the action, the call to action as a result of that 
it's really convenient for them. And don't forget ease of use for the patients as well. So if I'm a patient getting this information, is it clear to me what I should be doing, what my call to action is as a recipient of the communication? So ease of use both for the practice and for the patient. Number two, the options. So at Relationed, and by the way, I love our name, Relationed. <laughs> Take relationship and patient and push it together. Oh, there like, you go. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool way to think about how do you maintain a relationship with a patient? You use relation, right? So shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as far as options, it's like, what content do you want to send out? Is it better to reach this population by text or phone call or, or an email? So how those options, each one of those has different measurements of, of patient acceptance. You know, like me personally, I don't want you to call me. Text me, email me, I'm cool with that, but I really don't want incoming phone calls. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just of that generation that, unless I know I really don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then when these are, again, when these are going out, you know, do you have flexibility in that, hey, I've got a health maintenance campaign going out to 100 patients. Is my front desk, is my scheduling component, um, you know, is it ready for potentially 100 incoming phone calls or schedule requests? So just look at diff those different options and make sure that what communication strategies are going to work best for the practice and for the patients, the recipients. Now, that last one is I, I want to focus on is cost. This is such an industry issue at the moment of finding good and reliable patient access workers is really tough right now. And I say a patient access worker, this is like your front desk. This is the person who is intera interacting in a, in a live environment typically with the patient, right? This is your front desk, your schedulers, uh, perhaps your even your billers. So having the ability to have a platform that can support your outbound communications and reducing reliance on the manual outreach for those valuable resources, more important than ever. Also, I guarantee you that outbound healthcare campaigns, for example, are definitely a lower cost option to a practice than hiring somebody at you know, $18, $20 an hour to sit there and call patients over and over, right? Automation is the key to that solution of even finding them and keeping them and keeping them trained. It's a big issue in the industry and it's, and it's really pervasive. So having a good automated solution really does help you through that particular hurdle. Um, plus you can use those valuable resources that you do have to hit, to really provide a level of that can only be done in person or, or through actual interaction with them. So creating those outbound campaigns, you know, setting a plan, plan in motion, preparing the business, you know, your business to increase, your new appointments to increase, using those valuable resources to take care of your patients. That's kind of what the solution that you should be looking for. Absolutely. So when evaluating the solution, you want the three pillars, which is ease of use, having options, communication strategies, and more. And the overall cost is what you should be looking yeah. at. Those should be your goals. And you yeah. know, uh, speaking to goals, can we just discuss the impact that health campaigns could have on the U.S. healthcare system today if they were adopted by every provider across the country? So, Gabby, I think we're going to need a whole other podcast just, <laughs> just to answer this. I mean, I could fill up 
hours with how I think that this this could benefit any provider of any healthcare service in the U.S. But let me kind of reiterate a little bit about what I said as as kind of some of the the hallmarks of answering this question. You know, combating loneliness, staying in touch with patients with persistent healthcare issues, chronic care management, um, caretaker information, uh, epidemic pandemic updates, uh, vaccination updates, school physical, sports injuries. I mean, the list goes on and on about why anybody wants to stay in touch with their patients. You know, what's that old adage of um, keeping a customer is lower cost than finding new customers? So if you already have a patient census, a patient population that you have served, why not stay in touch with them? It's actually the lower cost alternative to acquiring even new patients. Go into the patients that you already have. Talk about the services that you offer. Stay in touch with them. You know, practices or businesses supported through patient populations who are consumers of healthcare services, like we talked about. You know, again, if an oil company can stay in touch with me about changing my oil, why why can't they practice? You know, when I went into patient access for the very first time a while back, in the first day of training, they talk about empathy. They talk about why you, as the person that that patient is meeting for the first time, or their family is even meeting for the first time, why is it important to be friendly? Why is it important to display empathy? There's a very valuable lesson that you learn day one. Nobody wants to be there. Okay. Nobody wants to go to the doctor. Nobody wants to go to the hospital. Nobody wants to be a patient. Nobody wants to visit anybody in the hospital, for example, because they're a patient. You know, I would say, I say nobody, let's say most people don't, don't want <laughs> that situation. So displaying empathy, displaying that you really care about what's going on makes all the difference. It makes the difference in how the service is perceived, how the service is adhered to. Okay. Again, we're trying to push a person along their journey to wellness. So demonstrating empathy and demonstrating that concern, it's job number one in healthcare service. We talk about doctors and their bedside manner. It's exactly what I'm talking about. This is also that bedside manner. How are you staying in touch with these patients? Um, why not demonstrate that through consistent and effective communication to patients? Absolutely. And, you know, just at the end of the day, healthcare organizations can just greatly reduce costs, offer better patient care and enhance health outcomes through patient engagement. Um, and you could do all that through the implementation of health campaigns. So, you know what, Eric, before we end this discussion, do you have any last thoughts or points you'd like to drive home for the audience? I know earlier you mentioned uh, value based uh, care. Value based care. Would you like to speak a little bit to that? Sure. You know, value based care has got a couple of of pillars, if, if you will. The one that we address is that effective communication with a patient. Um, you know, the other really big pillar, and, and there's some who would think there's even more than that is, you know, are you prescribing the appropriate services, tests, etc., to a patient? But truly where we come into play is, are you offering effective com communication that 
just supports that patient on their journey. Every person has a journey that they're on, especially when it comes to their healthcare. Some are short journeys. You know, I break my leg, I get a cast, I go through physical therapy and I'm done. Others are more persistent or chronic. They need more support as they continue along. Like I said, most people do not want to handle or deal with a persistent or chronic healthcare situation. So just knowing that they are cared for and that and there's concern for them reduces readmission, increases the reimbursement for those services that are offered. Um, and truly, as far as our approach to how we can support a provider with value-based care, I think that's, that's really where we, uh, where we come in and we can help them. It also reduces cost for the practice because we're, we're automation for them. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Eric. And, and that closes out our conversation for today. So thank you, Eric, for joining us for our discussion exploring health maintenance campaigns. If you want to learn more about Relation and all the lovely things they do, please visit their website at heydash.com and be sure to check out this podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts at. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Gabby. Pleasure. Pleasure.